Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John, and welcome to Good News. This is Deacon Al Lundy. I'm a permanent deacon of the Peoria Diocese and happy to be with you every Saturday and Sunday here on Catholic Spirit Radio to talk about the good news of the gospel and also just good news in in life in general. Um, My good news today is by the time this program airs, my mother should uh, should be getting over her COVID. Boy, I think we all know someone uh, right now, who's either suffering from COVID or the flu, or uh, this this other? I always get the initials wrong. Is it uh, RSVP? Is that it? Something along those lines? RSV, RVS. It's it's some alphabet uh, thing. It's it's a it's a really nasty uh, infection, especially going around with with kids. Um, really, really nasty. We we all know someone who's been sick or who currently is sick. Please keep those people. Uh, in your prayer, um, Christmas time is is a hard time to be ill. Um, I have uh, I have some friends who are very very sick right now. Um, it just it, it's never easy to say goodbye to a loved one. And uh, my my own grandmother died on Christmas Eve, and that that spoils. That's hard. That that just that stays with a family for a long time. You know, you're you're trying to be joyful about the the arrival of Christ, but yet you're you're sad in the in the memories that you had of of someone who's died. And many of us probably right at this moment know someone who is uh, preparing to to face their God uh, as as we enter into this season. Uh, I I want I want you to know I, I understand how how that must feel uh, having having gone through it, but the the more I learn about my faith, the more time I spend in my faith, the better I understand the promise of Christ. And as, as hard it is, as it is for the living to say goodbye, goodbyes are always hard, whether it's a temporary goodbye or a permanent goodbye. Uh, they're always difficult. It's, it's so, you know, we have this, we have this conflict going on in us we're, we're, we're sad about our loss, but we're joyful about the gain of the person who's passing. I mean, sure, they're, they're leaving this temporary life, but look at what they're gaining. I mean, this opportunity um, to be in the presence of Christ forever. And so many, so many of our friends and family uh, pass in such an unhappy way. Injury or illness, uh, while they're in a you know at, at their older age, maybe in a state of loneliness. Um, friends, I have a friend who just died of a broken heart. But to leave that temporary pain to go into an, an eternal healing, you know, so there's that other side of us that are so happy for them that the pain is gone, that the illness is gone, that the injury is healed. And, and now they're in this state of, of ecstasy in, in the presence of God forever. And all goodbyes are temporary. Eventually, you know, we'll see them again. And, and so if you're, in that, if you're in that condition, that, that state of life right now, 
as we head into the holidays where you're preparing to say goodbye to someone. Know that our prayers are with you. Um, we understand your sadness, but we also uh, invite you to uh, to really bond with with our faith, with our hope in in Christ, and and know that um, this is not all bad news. It's hard for us uh, living in in as part of the journey. But why do you go on a journey? I mean, the whole point of the journey is to arrive at the destination. And so here are people who have now completed their journey and they are being welcomed in, into God's house. Uh, it, it's not always an easy thing to, to see or feel at, at these moments, but uh, rest, rest on your faith. Go, go deeper into your faith rather than being pulled further away. Uh, the devil loves to use instances like this in our life to draw us away from God, when actually these are moments when it sh when we should be drawn into God. So for those of you who are ill, I, I, I pray for your comfort and your healing. Um, and for those of you who are, are ready to, to uh, face uh, our Lord, um, I invite you to have your own personal Advent. Here we are in our third week of Advent, uh, a time of preparation. Have a personal Advent. Prepare yourself for this great arrival of, of God uh, if for, for your destination uh, by taking full advantage of the sacraments. Uh, if you are Catholic or someone you know who is Catholic is preparing for their final days, please, please call the church. Uh, the, the priests want to help. They want to, to prepare you to uh, make the transfer from this temporary life into your eternal life. We, they want to share the sacrament of, of uh, the sick, the anointing of the sick with you, the apostolic blessing, to really help cleanse you and prepare you and calm you. We can't always heal the body, but we can. The, our, the, your faith can help heal your soul. And as we know from Scripture, that's really the important healing. When, when Christ was, was asked to heal the, uh, the, the paraplegic, the paralytic, sorry, the heal the paralytic. He didn't heal his arms and legs first. He healed his soul. He forgave his sins. That's the real healing. The physical healing was secondary. He heals, he heals his soul, and his friends say, that's it. And Jesus is kind of, oh, you want me to do the easy stuff? Oh, you want me to just, oh, anybody can, you know, healing the arms and the legs, that's easy. I did the important job. So if, if you are uh, gravely ill right now or gravely injured, please contact uh, your, your local Catholic church and, and receive the sacrament that, that Christ uh, blessed the church with and, and, and left with the church in order to help continue, continue in his healing ministry. As I mentioned, it's, it's Advent. It's the third week of Advent. It's Gadate Sunday. You can tell because the priests are in pink. I shouldn't say that. They don't. Lots of priests have great senses of humor. They, but they, they don't like wearing pink. <laughs> the church doesn't call it pink. It's rose, and it really is rose. It's the the whole purpose. People ask, why do we do that? Oh, well, the whole purpose is that uh, we're in violet. We're in penance. We wear the color of penance uh, during Advent and during Lent, and so as we get. Uh, 
three quarters of the way through that that period of fasting and penance, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're starting to see the glory that we're that we're journeying to through that liturgical year, that liturgical period. In this case, we're moving through the time of Advent, the time of preparation, as we move closer to the Nativity, the arrival of of, of Christ, uh, God incarnate. And so at three quarters of the way through, we pause and say, we're more than halfway there. We're almost to our goal. And so we shed some of the darkness of, of the penance that, that's represented by the violet color. And we go to a half shade. If you take some of the blue out of the violet, more of the red shows through, which in this case leaves us with this rose color. And so uh, on this Sunday and uh, half at uh, three quarters of the way through uh, Lent, we wear it again. So only two Sundays out of the year uh, do we wear the rose color. So uh, us deacons and our uh, our uh, priests uh, wear rose to signify that Christmas is almost here. Time of preparation is is almost done, and we're ready to enjoy the feast. We fast before we feast. So Advent is our fasting before the feast of Christmas. Uh, time of great preparation. And if you want to see great preparation, how's that for a segue? If you want to see great preparation, I spend a, a lot of my uh, ministerial time at uh, Holy Trinity Church in Bloomington. For those of you who've been to Holy Trinity, you know that their their gathering spot, the place that has been their, their gathering spot for decades, uh, an area that in, in the past has been called the basement, it was actually the gymnasium. Yeah. Did you know? Yeah. It was the gymnasium. Can you imagine uh, in a high school uh, basketball being played in the basement? I mean, this this thing had a ceiling, I don't know, I'm guessing 20 feet, probably, probably about 20 feet high, playing basketball in a gym that had a 20-foot ceiling. And the out-of-bounds area was marked by a series of concrete pillars. So if you slammed into the concrete pillar, you're out of bounds. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you could tell. Don't worry about it, is your foot over the line. You'll know you're out of bounds when you slam into the concrete pillar. Um, and dark. Oh my gosh, this place was so dark. Um, I, I went down there one time, one of my first times down there for a meeting. And the first thing I said was, I, I turned to someone else who was there and I said, uh, do you think we should turn the lights on? And he said, the, the lights are on. What? This is it? I mean, what a dungeon. Um, so anyway, it's been like that for decades. It is no longer the basement. It is now the lower level. We will find people who call it a basement. This is the new lower level. And it's beautiful. You will not believe what, uh, what the parish has done. Uh, and it took... It took a major uh, fundraising to do this, uh, and we've been—it's been in the planning for years. And uh, I'll give a little shout out to uh, uh, Felmley Dickerson, a, a local uh, company that I happen to know. The 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 owner is one of my Eagle Scouts from the past. So uh, hi, Jim, and. Uh, Jim was in charge of the the remodel. I'm sorry, I never got to run into him uh, during the process, but 
wow, he, they did such a great job. The space is well lit. It's beautiful. We've got media stuff going on, you know, the, the powered uh, screen with the overhead projector and the computer hooks up, hookups. Um, we had, we had a, a PA system down there. The, the amplifier still had tubes. I mean, that dates it. You know, we're talking 60s, maybe 50s, 60s. Yep. And now we've got this beautiful uh, solid state sound system, 18 speakers throughout the, wow. the basement. Uh, we've got seating areas where you could lounge and have small group discussions and breakout areas. Um, the coolest floor I've ever seen, and I sold flooring in another lifetime, the coolest floor I've ever seen. Half of it is tile, half of it is carpet. There's a dimensional pattern in the carpet that is also in the tile. And so the, the, they blend one into the other. It's really handsome. I mean, really handsome looking. Um, new, new coverings on our stairway, so our staircases are open again. We had to close our staircases in the basement for a while. Um, the, the carpeting was um, a trip hazard. It was so bad. And when we tried to take the carpet up, it pulled up chunks of concrete out of the step. So that's all fixed and they're recarpeted. Um, I, I don't know what our what our first event's going to be down there. Uh, there's rumors that it's going to be a Super Bowl party. I kind of kind of hoping for that, uh, combined with maybe a, ch a chili cook-off or something. I don't know what they're going to do. There's all kinds of talk. Nothing's in, in cast in stone yet. But I, I got down there for the first time this last weekend. And oh my gosh, it it looks they've they've taken this flat, ugly ceiling, and they've floated um, clouds of of sound barrier with lighting built into them. But there's still some gaps between the clouds, so it's like a floated ceiling. It's and it's and it's vaulted. Now instead of just a box like room, it's it's just gorgeous. You can't even you don't even notice the pillars. They've blended them in so well. It was really a clever way that they did it. Um, so we've been in preparation. We've been getting our lower level done in preparation for the holidays. We're hoping to have it ready for uh, for Christmas. It might be. It might be completely done for Christmas. Uh, but certainly, we're looking for a, a dandy new year in our in our new basement. I had someone ask me the other day um, about the shortage of Catholic priests. We have just in as an example in in our diocese, if I remember the numbers right, we've got like 150 parishes, a little over 150 parishes and schools, and we have like 120 priests. And they're not getting younger every year. I checked. We're having that same problem in, in the diaconate. I keep I keep expecting to get younger every year and it's not happening. So that means that we have more. You know, we have priests retiring every year, and we really we're kind of short on priests right now. And it's not just us; it's everybody, it's every diocese. But the the amazing thing is, it's not just the Catholic Church; it's it's all of the Christian churches. Everyone's having problems with a shortage on on ministry, and part of it is that at at the heyday of church attendance. We built a lot of churches. But when we did that, we needed them because we had that many people. The problem is now, I mean, I'll, I'll look over here at John and, and he'll, he'll flash me a number. 
when you were a kid, what was the average size of a family? How many children did, were in an average family? Probably four. Probably four. Yeah, at, at least four. I knew families. We had families in my hometown. We had one family, uh, the Pfeiffers. They had 14 kids. You know, you come out to, you come out here to some of the farm areas. That's not unusual to find a farm family from, from my generation, 10, 12, 14 children. Not that unusual. When you don't have a lot of television stations, yeah. right? <laughs> so <laughs> John knows what I mean. Um, you have children. Well, what's the, what's the average size of a family now? Like one and a half children. And, I, and I, my heart goes out to that half child. Yeah. You know, boy, that's a rough life. Yeah, so families are, are much, much smaller. So when families were large, we needed more churches. And now that families are smaller, even if we had the same number of families coming, we have far less people in the pews. And so right now, most churches, uh, the Catholic uh, faith included, have far more properties than we have ministers to, to work them. The other problem is, to become a minister of Christ, you have to, it's a calling. You've got, to, you've got to hear the call. We live in a very noisy world. Uh, we, li- we live in a world where not a lot of people take the time to look inward, to listen to the, to the voice of God, to the calling of God. And so we have fewer people coming to the ministry. I'm so happy right now. We've been, we've been putting a real effort on uh, throughout the, the Catholic Church for, for a couple of years now, a lot of prayers for vocation to bring people to the religious life, uh, not only to the priesthood, the diaconate, uh, the life of, of uh, nuns, you know, just the religious life in general. It's been very effective in our parish. We have in, in, in between uh, Holy Trinity and historic St. Pat's, I believe we have eight people in the diaconate or um, in the seminary. Plus, we've got additional people in uh, entering into the religious life. So it's been super effective. But even having, I think as a, as a total in our, in our diocese, we have something like 16 people in the seminary, 16 young men. That's not going to be enough. I mean, because that's a, that's a five to seven year program. That's gonna, not going to be enough to make, make up for the retiring priests. And I thought we were the only ones in this in this problem, and we're not. I was I was speaking to an elder from a, from a local Lutheran church here in Bloomington. They've been without a pastor for fourteen months. They've been borrowing for Sundays. They have to reach out every week. They have to line up ministers from other Lutheran churches uh, in the area to come in and and preach uh, because they've been without a pastor uh, at. It's they're in the same situation we're in. Not enough, not enough uh, people in the family, and not enough people uh, living a life where you can hear God's call. Uh, so we're praying for each other, which I thought was very generous. Uh, I'm uh, he's praying for more priests, and I'm praying for more ministers uh, to come to, to his church so that they can get a pastor. Because a flock without a pastor. Um, they're just not going to be as productive as, as a flock. It's, it's, it's a very upsetting uh, situation. So uh, I, I hope uh, and pray that, uh, that they find their pastor soon 
uh, for the for the good of the flock. But it's an issue we're all facing. So please pray for vocations, uh, not only in the in the Catholic faith, but throughout all of Christendom. Uh, pray for ministers. Pray for for people to hear God's call uh, to service, to uh, to come and and serve Christ's people. Uh, we we all uh, would appreciate that. Our, uh, as I say, this is Gadate Sunday. This is Joyful Sunday uh, because we're almost through the Advent season and we're, we're heading in, into Christmas time. And so our readings reflect that. Uh, our first reading is from the prophet Isaiah, and it reads, The desert and the parched land will exalt. The steppe will rejoice and bloom. They will bloom with abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful song. The glory of Lebanon will be given to them and the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the hands that are feeble. Make firm the knees that are weak. Say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a stag. Then the tongue of the mute will sing. Those whom the Lord has ransomed will return and enter Zion singing, crowned with everlasting joy. They will meet with joy and gladness, sorrow and mourning. They will meet with joy and gladness, sorrow and mourning will flee. The word of the Lord. So last Sunday, uh, Isaiah was telling us about John coming. And then John was telling us about Jesus coming. And now Isaiah is telling us about the coming of Christ. And what a wonderful thing this is, and how the whole world is going to rejoice in, in his arrival. And the, the part you really need to listen to is, then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf be cleared, then will the lame leap like a stag, and then the tongue of the mute will sing. And here's why those verses are important. We're going to jump right to the gospel. And this ties Isaiah, John, and Christ all together. When John the Baptist heard in prison, I'm sorry, this reading's from Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of, G- of Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? So he's asking, is this who, who Isaiah was, was prophesying about? Prophesying about? Jesus said to them in reply, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind will regain their sight, the lame walk, The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them, and blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. Where did you go out to the desert? Who did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it was written, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. So we have this, this coming together of the great prophet Isaiah, of the final prophet John the Baptist, and of who they both prophesy about uh, Christ the King, the, our, our Savior. And Jesus, in, a, in identifying himself to 
John the Baptist's followers uses the words of Isaiah. This is what Isaiah said the, the Messiah would do, and here's what I'm doing. You've seen this yourself. I'm doing the same things that Isaiah said I would do. All you need to tell John is what Isaiah prophesied is now happening, and that will be enough for him. And he's also saying it to us. That should be enough for us. This should show us who Christ was, who Christ is, and we should be thrilled about this. And we should be so grateful to the prophets uh, for having prepared us for for creating this advent uh, in order to welcome uh, Christ's ministry into the world. So we're we're closing in on Advent. Next weekend, uh, when when we meet, it will be the last Sunday of Advent, and we'll be— We'll be at the gates waiting, waiting for the, uh, the child, Jesus, uh, to arrive at the nativity. What are you doing to prepare your home? What are you doing to prepare yourself for this great arrival of this great king? Uh, it's time to return to church. It's time to bring others back to church. Uh, we're all called through our baptism to not only be disciples, but to be priests, to bring people to worship to lead them to Christ. Uh, We need you, the church needs you to be an evangelist. And along those lines, uh, the Peoria Diocese, through our bishop, Bishop Tilka, are taking a multi-year program approach to remind ourselves that we're we're evangelists and to, to teach us how to evangelize. If you go to our uh, the diocesan website, which is uh, cdop.org, Catholic Diocese of Peoria. So it's the initial cdop.org. Or go to our Facebook uh, page for the, for the Peoria Diocese. Or look in your church bulletin. I guarantee you the information is in there. There's going to be a series of 90-minute programs uh, that you can watch online being produced by our bishop where he's going to talk to us about the importance of becoming evangelists, about not only falling in love with Christ, but being willing to share that love with others. One of the first uh, scriptures we, we learn about as children is about uh, being, being the, the light of the world and not hiding our light uh, under, a, under a basket. We sing about it as kids, but we often forget about it as adults. And the church needs us, Christ needs us, and is calling us all to become evangelists. So I invite you to uh, start watching. The first program is already online. Uh, I urge you to watch these five 90-minute programs about the importance of evangelism and and how to evangelize. And the very first step is to fall in love with Christ again. And that happens at the Mass and in, in Scripture, in the, in the Word of God. So uh, for those reasons, I ask you to uh, tune in to Good News and also to attend Mass this weekend and every weekend. Uh, Christ is counting on you. Until next week, uh, thank you for being here on Catholic Spirit Radio, and I wish you a happy Advent and very soon a very Merry Christmas. God bless. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. 
That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.